What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us here today on the New Vision Life Podcast as we continue to go through our series through Joshua here. I'm very excited that you've decided to come along this journey with us, and I'm very excited that they have asked me to take this passage of Scripture today. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Dalton Barrett, and I serve here at New Vision with the student ministry. I work pretty closely with those guys, so that's something I have the honor to do. And once again, I'm just honored and super excited for us to be going through this today. Just a little bit of a a forewarning here for the passage we're going to read. Some things may be a little weird, but we're going to go through it together, and we're going to let this serve as a way for us to grow closer to Jesus. So, very excited. We're going to be in Joshua, book of Joshua, chapter 5, verses 1 through verse 9. I'm going to be reading today from the English Standard Version of the Bible, or the ESV. So, let's get started here in verse 5. As soon as all of the kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan to the west, and all of the kings of the Canaanites, who were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives, and he circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haeraloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on their way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who had came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Jesus had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness until all of the nation, all of the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord." The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children, who he raised up in their place, that Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised along the way. When he was circumcising, those of the nation was finished. When he was finished with that, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, and so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Now I know this passage uh, may feel a bit odd at first, maybe a bit disjointed, a bit weird, a bit all over the place, but I believe everything in this package, or passage rather, works super well together. I think it, it works very beautifully, uh, and, and there's a lot we can learn from that. So we open here by seeing the, the Amorite uh, army, the Amorite military, and the Canaanite military's response to God and to God 
God's people. See, these, these militaries were so amazed that they decided to call off any attacks of the Israelites that they had planned. The Amorites and the Canaanites, they were, they were so fascinated and so scared, really, of God's power that they became scared to fight an army that these, these people would have been fairly confident that they would be able to defeat. God's provision of, of drying up the Jordan not only allowed the Israelites to cross that river, but it also allowed them to defeat an enemy without even having to fight them. God gives his people a military victory here, not just one, but two military victories here, and they don't even have to fight for it. God wins a battle for his people without the battle even having to, to take place. They don't even have to fight in the battle. There is no battle because of, of, of God's amazing miracle of drying up the Jordan, which happened just a couple chapters earlier. All the Israelites had to do here to win in this circumstance was to trust God, and in trusting God, their protection is secured. And their response to this, their response to, to God's protection over them, though a bit jarring, though a bit weird, maybe even a bit uncomfortable, is very beautiful. I believe uh, it's very beautiful to me. Joshua, in response to, to God's protection, Joshua, in response to, to God's provision, and in response to, to God's request, circumcised the Israelites. Now, circumcision is a weird topic to talk about, and for obvious reason, but if we go back to the book of Genesis, specifically Genesis 17, verses 10 through 11, we see that circumcision is part of God's promise to Abraham to grow his family line into a nation of God's own people. Verse 10 says this, This is my covenant that you and your descendants must keep, circumcise every male. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskins, and it will be a symbol of the covenant between us. Once again, I know it's a weird topic. I'm just as uncomfortable as you, and I've probably said the word circumcision or circumcise more times than you've ever wanted to hear in your entire life. But the point here uh, it becomes clear as we read it. The point here is that the Israelites' response to God protecting them from their enemies and leading them into this promised land is an act of Obedience, And let's be pretty real here. It wasn't uh, an act of obedience that was easy. It would have been an act of, of, of painful obedience. It would have been something that would have been really hard to get a bunch of adult guys to agree to and probably would have lost Joshua some, some popularity points here. The Israelites here, they sacrifice their own comfort to obey God simply because they know and have seen what God has done for them in the past few days. God, in this passage, he leads his people towards the promised land. God has promised his people this land for years, and he finally gets to lead a group of his people into it. These people have shown that they are able to obey God, and so God leads them into this land. Not only does he lead them into this land, but at this point, he's led them into enemy territory. He's led them uh, into the battle beyond enemy lines, and then on top of that is able to, through his own power, scare away that very same enemy that they're in the land of. And then he leads the, the Israelites into a place of rest where they can prepare to go into the land that God has promised them and take it. 
And in doing so, he rolls away the disgrace and the disgust and the grossness of their time in slavery in Egypt and gets them one step closer to going home. I think the the drama and the scope and the scale and the epicness of the Old Testament, even the age of the Old Testament, oftentimes makes us feel like we can't relate to it. However, I would argue that this story, this story very specifically, shows us a whole lot about how we should respond to God working in our lives. See, when God works in our lives, whether it be through protection, whether it be through providing for us, whether it be through a service that he puts in our, in our path, or any other way that you can think of that God works through your lives, our response should be obedience. Whether it be obedience in the things that God has instructed us to do, or obedience in line with how the Bible says we should live our lives, that is what this story teaches us. This story teaches us that when God provides, that when God speaks to you and when God works through your life, when God makes it unbelievably clear that he is on your side, our response should be to obey. And I love, I absolutely love that 4,000 years or so after this event took place, we can look at a bit of ancient history and learn from a guy who lived all that time ago in Joshua. We can look at that and we can let this story teach us more about Jesus. We can let it teach us more about our relationship with God and we can let it draw us closer to him. I want to thank you guys so much yet again for sitting through uh, this story with me today. Like I said, things got a little weird there in the middle, but ultimately everything in the Bible, even the weird stuff, points us closer to Jesus. I hope you got something out of this. Uh, I know I sure did. Um, Thank you again for sitting through this, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.